You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And yet, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, the only way that we can be cleansed is by coming to Jesus. And there's that beautiful verse in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, in other words, admitting that we have failed. We live in a society where we don't like to take the blame. We always want to pass it on to somebody else. It's not my fault. He made me do it or she made me do it. But here, if we admit, if we come and confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's where we get the pure heart. Isn't that beautiful? It comes back to Jesus and him coming and living in our life and he sets us free and he purifies us so we can live for him. And then we see in uh, Psalm 51, David prayed, cleanse, create in me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within me. That's what God wants to do in each and every one of us. So that then we can be pure and we can be the people that God wants us to be. But you see, a pure heart, and when we come and give our life to Jesus and he sets us free, that's the beginning. We've got these four lovely people today who are being baptised and that's exciting. But that's the beginning. Because it's got to go on. It's not just being baptised and say, well, I've been baptised, I'm going to do anything I like. You can't do that because you're committing yourself to Jesus. And when we give our life to Jesus, it's a day-by-day process living for him. You know, it's easy to be a Christian here in church on Sunday morning. But what happens Monday through Saturday? If people out there look at you, what do they see? Do they see a life transformed, pure in heart? Or do they see somebody who goes to church on Sunday but comes back and does the usual thing on, uh, during the week? <clears throat> I want to pose a question. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough people who would come and confess that you are guilty of the crime of being a Christian. Would there be enough people who would come and say, yes, there's Neil, he's lived a Christian life, he's pure in heart, he's guilty. We'll use your name. Or would there be not enough evidence and they would throw out the case? Pure in heart means living for Jesus day by day by day. It's not just a once-off. It's living with him and knowing him. You see, it doesn't matter what we look like. You know, we can wear bright ties. I was told this morning I was the only idiot who was wearing a tie in the weather like this. (laughs) Well, that wasn't the word. (laughs) But we can make ourselves look really nice, live live in a beautiful house and drive a beautiful car. But what's happening on the inside of us? That's what Jesus is talking about. To be pure in heart means living 
the Christian life. Practical Christianity. I want to ask a couple of questions from this passage. And these are two questions you can take back to your groups this week. What is it to see God? And what is it to have a pure heart? What is it to see God? Because Jesus said, if you've got a pure heart, you will see God. And what is it to have a pure heart? I've got three answers for you for the first one. To see God is, first of all, to be, for the fact that we can come into the very presence of God by prayer and by faith. We can come into his presence and enjoy him. If you make a phone call for your local doctor and you arrive down at the surgery and the, the receptionist gives you a photo of the doctor and says, Neil, it's so good to see you. Here's a photo of the doctor. <laughs> I don't want a photo. If I hand that back, she says, well, here's a letter from the doctor. That's useless. I want to see the doctor face to face. And you see, when we come to Jesus, we come into his presence. What's happened? No? Still on? No light, probably bone flat. Would you turn with me then to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16? Ah, oh, here we are. Let's see if we can get through to it. I've got to go. I think the battery's gone flat in this too, John. We're after Hebrews chapter 4. Yep, that's it. There it is, up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Look at that verse. Beautiful. Let us come boldly into the presence of God or under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You and I can come boldly into his presence. That's what I love about this book that we're praying over, which Steve forgot to today. The book for life. We now have 20,584 names. Isn't that incredible? And we have the thrill of being coming boldly into the presence of God and to pray for them. And I'm pleased to announce that another one came to the Lord this week. We now have 200 in the back. 200 names that we know of, that we know of, I believe is far more than that, who've come to know Jesus, all because we've been able to come boldly into his presence. To see God means by faith and by prayer we can come into his presence and we don't have to come and say, oh Lord, I hope I can come and ask this. No. We don't need to be timid in any way, shape or form. He wants us to come boldly because we now are his children. And he wants us to come into his presence. He knows what we're going to ask for, but he wants us to ask him anyway. And he wants to minister to us. So we see God 
when we come boldly into his presence. The second thing that we see God in is um, to be awestruck by his glory. I'm glad that God is a God of colour. Aren't you? Wouldn't it be awful if everything outside was black and white? How boy. Oh, good. Thank you. I haven't got a verse here for this. But just to think about God really blows me away. That, to think that I can come boldly into his presence. Keith Ings died on Monday night and he entered into the glory of God. He left this earth, pain, morphine and everything else and he saw his, his saviour's face. What, a, what, a, what an awestruck, awestruck experience. And one day Jesus is going to come if we're still here or if we pass before that we're going to see his glory. You know, I often think, especially at Christmas time, I think of the, of the shepherds out there in the fields looking after their sheep. Just an usual night looking after their sheep under the stars and all of a sudden there was this massive light the floodlights were turned on and there were angels singing and these shepherds were given the message that Christ had been born and as fast as it came it disappeared and they probably sat there and scratched their heads and said did, did, did we really see that? did we really hear the angels? you know wow there they are and wow they've gone incredible I often think back to when I was a, a little fellow. We lived on acreage. We had about eight acres and we had a little dam down from, from the house. The only reason for the dam was so we could do yabby hunting and that type of stuff and, and just get dirty and muddy and all that. But down below, below us was another property and it was a scout's property. And uh, they made us the, uh, the caretakers of the property because people would try and come, to come in and have drunken parties and smash glass and all that type of thing. So that if anyone came, we had the right to go down and tell them to get out. Unless they had a little bit of paper from the Scouts Association saying they could stay there. And you know that on Saturday nights when the Scouts come camping, they like to have their bonfires. Well, one Saturday morning, my older brothers had grins across their faces and they went and got all the old oil an old petrol, and they went down to the dam and they tipped it onto the water. And it spread right across the top of the water. And that night when the scouts were sitting around having their campfire, they went down and they lit it. And flames went about 100 foot in the air. Whoom! And they all looked around and said, look at that! And it just died down straight away. And the scouts were saying, did you see that? And they said, no, we didn't see anything. What did you see? I saw flames. Oh, yeah, you saw flames in the air. We were really laughing at the house, but uh, it was an all incredible experience. And that's what the shepherds would have gone through, this incredible experience of, of seeing the angels. But you see, when we see God, we have those experiences of knowing that God is there and ministering to us. That's when we see God. And that's what Jesus said, the pure in heart shall see God. And then the last one is to be comforted by his grace. We see God when he comes and comforts us at that time of need. I was sharing with our group on Thursday night, and I said this right at the beginning this morning. Years ago when my intellectually handicapped daughter was 12, 
she had, uh, not only was she intellectually handicapped, but she had curvature of the spine as well. And she was moving over and she was getting over to about 70%. And if we didn't do anything, she was going to curve up into a little ball. And so the doctor said, well, we need to try and straighten that. And to do that, we need to put two steel rods down her back to, to bring her up, to straighten us, which they did. And they brought her back from 70 degrees up to about 12, uh, and, and she's still got them today. But the incredible thing was that while the operation was on, I felt so guilty because I was at peace. People everywhere were praying for us, and I had no worry whatsoever. There she was in, in the surgery, going through this, having these Harrington rods smashed down beside her spine. And, and we were just sitting there in, in the waiting room with no worries at all. I can honestly say that. And I felt guilty because I felt no worries. Because the grace of God had come and surrounded us. That's seeing God, isn't it? And tomorrow when we have the Thanksgiving service here uh, for Annette and the family, we're praying that God's love will surround them and hold them close. They'll uh, experience that peace. And I'm sure that you've experienced that. Seeing God and what he can do in our lives. Jesus said the pure in heart will see God. But then he went on to say, well, he starts off by saying the pure in heart. And let's just go back to that very... Um, first reading we had in Psalm 27, which read Psalm 24, I should say. Oh, I didn't mention that one, did I? Psalm 27. Let me come to that one. David said, hide not your face from me. In other words, Lord, let, you, let your love, your presence just be with me and hold me close. But in Psalm 24 that we read right at the beginning, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Those who have a pure heart and clean hands. And that means, as I said earlier, living for him day by day. But I want to put a couple of other passages up. In James chapter 4 and verse 8, James says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands or purify your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. But four verses before that, he says this, Know you not that the friendship with the world is amity with God? In other words, what is pure in heart? Pure in heart is committing ourselves to God and saying no to the other things that the world would try and offer. In other words, 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, the old has gone, the new has come. You people this morning are going down through the waters of baptism. That's exciting. And you're doing that because you're saying, I've given my life to Jesus and I want to show to the world that I'm saved and set free. Right? You're supposed to say yes to that? Yes. Uh, but that's the beginning. Because from now on, you are to walk with Jesus each step of the way, spending time with him, asking him to encourage you. And that goes for every one of us, that we are to walk with Jesus day by day. In other words, it's 724. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, allowing Jesus to be there, pure 
in heart. Allowing God to come. And you know, sometimes we fail, don't we? Yes, you say that, yes, we all fail. But you know, what we need to do is to get up and keep going. I'm sure, little, I'm looking at little Noah down there standing at the back. That, that's Noah, isn't it? That's not, that's someone else's, okay. When, I remember when Emma started walking and she'd take two steps and then she'd fall over. And she'd get up and take three steps and fall over. And as a loving father, I said to her, what do you think you're doing? Why don't you just get it together and walk? Of course I didn't. I said, come on, you can do it. Get up and do it again, do it again. And that's what Jesus does for us. When we fail, he says, come on, get back up. Keep going, keep going. Because my spirit is there to to help you. My spirit is there to guide you. My spirit is there to equip you. Confess and, and move on. In other words, keep short accounts with God. And allow him to continue to cleanse and purify us. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will see God. One more reference, and these are the words of Jesus to finish with. Matthew chapter 27. Jesus says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Physically, that is an impossibility. We cannot physically love God with all our soul, mind, and strength. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew that. But he was speaking to the religious leaders to tell them to try and get their act together. But he wants us to follow him. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will see God. Pure in spirit, washed, cleansed. Not what we've done, but what Jesus has done on our behalf. And as we follow him, we will then see him in all our circumstances. And one day, of course, we're going to see him face to face. What a God we have. Let's come before him in prayer. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your your patience with us day after day after day after day. And Lord, this morning we come and we admit that we haven't been the people that you want us to be. We've failed, we've let you down. But Lord, we thank you for that beautiful verse that we read earlier. If we come and confess our sins, then you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us. Father, we pray with the psalmist, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And as we pray that prayer, Father, we thank you that you hear us and you answer us. So, Father, as we leave here, as we share morning tea, as we enjoy the the baptisms this morning and as we go into this week and the weeks that follow, And as we move closer and closer to Christmas, we pray that 
this time would be special and that we would have a fresh encounter with you. And we thank you and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.